All right, and welcome back to Dynasty Kings. We are running it today. I am with the boys, Kyle and Derek, the Boz Bosworth. Boys, how you guys doing today? Doing great. It's been a while, but we're back. Yeah, it was a nice little break there, I guess. There wasn't a lot of football going on anyways, except for, you know, these last trades in the last week or so. Yeah, well, like Kyle said it, a bunch of big trades happening. So let's just talk about them real quick. First one that happened, we have the San Francisco 49ers moving up to the number three pick in the draft. Then the Dolphins going from the 12th pick in the draft to the sixth pick in the draft now. And they still own another pick in the late first, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Boys, what are you guys making of that trade? Boss, start us off. Yeah, so with the 49ers, uh, I think if they're moving up to number three, they're going quarterback. And it seems like the only justified thing to do would be going Zach Wilson or Fields, whichever one is there, because those are the only quarterbacks that are really any different than Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, If they moved up for Mac Jones, that's just basically another Jimmy Garoppolo there. Um, the Miami trade, I think that they moved up to six to secure Jamar Chase, which I would love him in Miami. He would be their number one guy for a long time. Yeah. And I, I like the move. I think it shows the dolphins have the dolphins are committing to Tua, which I'm glad that I feel like that was the real kicker. Uh, that trade was like, yeah, Tua is our guy. We're going to get him a weapon still. And whether that ends up being Jamar chase or who knows, they might take pits at six, two with all of his crazy combine and stuff, but I like the move for them. I agree with you. If the Niners really did trade up and take Mac Jones, which is like the rumor right now, I think it's the dumbest move ever, especially because he, might have just been there at 12 it doesn't even make any sense to move up and take somebody who's in my opinion pretty mediocre like nothing against hit like you know mac jones he could end up being a good talent but i haven't seen anything from him so far which says he can be amazing and justin field and zach wilson have that it factor over him it just seems like the popular thing right now is to shit on Justin Fields. Yes, I dude. I don't get it. It's like, Did you see what Dan Orlovsky was saying about this kid? Saying he had no work ethic whatsoever. And then he got called out and he had to go apologize to Justin Fields for just saying a bunch of shit that was like super biased and had no backing to it whatsoever. Yeah, I don't get it. I feel like everybody, it's just the hot thing to do, right? Hate on Justin Fields. It kind of reminds me, and I did jump on the train last year, but everybody hated Justin Herbert, and I did (laughs) jump on that train last year, and I feel like there was just so much hate on Justin Herbert, and he became a superstar, right? So, And I'm not going to say it's going to be exactly like that situation, but everybody hated Josh Allen, remember that, three years ago, and he became the best quarterback of that draft class. Yeah, It just seems to happen like that. I'm pretty sure I can remember Kyle almost crying when the Bills took Josh Allen over Josh Rosen when Rosen was still (laughs) available on the board. Um, But then, you know what? We have bigger trade news. I know Kyle's really happy about this trade because of how many Sam Darnold shares he fucking owns, the clown. (laughs) Sam Darnold gets traded for, and it's an interesting trade because it could really pay out for the Panthers because they get a sixth round pick this year. Then next year, they get a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick. That second-round pick, if the Jets are terrible like they probably will be, will be a high second-round pick. They get Sam Darnold. This team, I don't think the Panthers, people realize, the Panthers are closer to competing than what people are giving them credit for. 
I think Matt Rule saw something in Sam Darnold. They're going to take Sam Darnold. I really think this trade solidifies them getting pits. I don't think it's going to be Miami because mm, they have Giuseppe. Yeah. I think it'll be Carolina who drafts pits. <laughs> and then they will have probably one of the scariest young offenses and one of the scariest young front sevens in all of football. This team could be competing for wild card spots as, as soon as next year. But boys, what do you think about the trade? Kyle, we'll start you off. Big Darnold guy. What do you think about him getting away from the Big Apple? I think it's awesome. I saw an Instagram video where his family threw him a party for leaving the New York Jets, and I'm sure that's how he's feeling right now. Uh, this is an awesome landing spot for him. He gets to hook back up with Robbie Anderson. I think Anderson probably vibe for him and w put in a good word to him to management. That's my opinion what happened. And I also think, obviously, I, I really like Matt Rule as a coach. I think he's a fantastic coach. He was great last year for the Panthers. This is a smart smart move. I know he didn't like Teddy Bridgewater. This is Matt Rule going out and saying I want I want Darnold and they already gave him the 5th year option which shows commitment. This is a perfect place for him to rebound and have a really good career now. Yeah, I love the trade for both sides. I mean, the Jets they mm -hmm. they are definitely done with Darnold and the Panthers they get Darnold and they um kept their first round pick this year and they kept their first round pick next year so even if he doesn't work out they can still take a shot on the quarterback in the draft next year in the first round it's just a great move because they can ride donald out this year and we really haven't seen donald in a good offense yet so it's a great move you know overall. I'm, I'm calling it right now hot take three quarterbacks taken off the board in the first round first three picks it's going to be Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones. Book it, sealed. San Francisco is drafting Mac Jones because Kyle Shanahan wouldn't know an original player if it punched him in the face. So, listen, listen. I, Why in the world would you trade up to get Jimmy Garoppolo think, the second? Think about the systems that Kyle Shanahan runs. Kyle Shanahan has always ran, run systems that rely on traditional quarterbacks. He has never had a system that has a mobile quarterback. He has shown that he can win with a traditional quarterback. And Mac Jones, besides Trevor Lawrence, looks like the best traditional quarterback prospect in this draft. He fits better into Shanahan's system than what a guy like Fields would. And Mac Jones has proven to be smart when it comes to making decisions. And Kyle Shanahan's system works better with a game manager than it does with a player who tries to put the team on his back like Fields would. All right. I will say this. If that does happen, then Justin Fields is going to Atlanta at four. For sure. Oh, for and sure. you're going to have four quarterbacks go with the first four picks. I think without a doubt, if that happens, I don't see how Atlanta could let him go by because no way then what fields would fall down to seven. Hell, if he's there at six, Miami just might take him just because, and then just trade him or like be like, Hey, you and Tua go at it. Whoever's better. Like, I mean, if he falls to that six, I wouldn't even blame him. Honestly, I really wouldn't like, I know Boz doesn't agree with my Mac Jones assessment. We've talked about the whole Jimmy G thing. And it's another reason, let me add, another reason why Mac <laughs> Jones would be perfect is because who is he going to learn from? Jimmy G. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. Well, he's two years older than him, and they're the same player. There's literally no point. 
It'd be just a waste of all their they traded what they trade they trade a, a 22 first this year's first and a 23 first they're I mean, just look, throwing those picks away look if they weren't thinking mac jones kyle shanahan and john lynch wouldn't have been at his pro day i'm just saying you don't send a head coach and a gm to a pro day if you're not highly considering taking the guy with the pick actually i did hear that the reason for that was because um they had seen Justin Fields at a prior camp or something. And so they went to Mac Jones be- just because they had already seen Justin Fields. I don't think they're going to take Mac Jones because I don't know if you guys saw the video, but there's a video where Mac Jones overthrows a wide receiver. Yeah, I saw and that. it just goes flashback Friday <laughs> and, then, and it goes back to the Super Bowl where Jimmy G did that. Did, yeah. you, not, did you see the end of that video though? Cause the end of that video it cuts to Bill Belichick, who's at the pro day, shaking his head at Mac Jones, overthrowing the football. Oh, yeah, my goodness. I mean, oh, man. But, it's going to be an interesting draft night. That's yeah, all. Yeah, and hey, guess what? Draft night, little special announcement while we're talking it. We will, Kyle and I will be live streaming the draft and our reactions from my basement apartment in Toronto. So don't get too excited. It'll be fun times. It'll be on the Instagram, the Twitter. We'll keep it and going. Derek live. obviously can jump in if he wants or whatever on the live stream. We'll go from there. Hopefully I'll be able to. I, I may be very drunk by then. but <laughs> hey, we, we, And we might all be very drunk. We'll it's it's the best night of the year, huh? Quick little, quick little thing I got to just point out is Boz gave me a shout out on Twitter the other day. Where somebody was like, hit me with a tight end that could, uh, like, a and a football analyst who could play tight end on my team. Boz goes, yeah, at Luke Campanella. I was like, <laughs> okay. I was like, okay. Um, but anyways, so we we're getting really, uh, you know, uh, distracted from the topic. So today we're doing a fun little thing. First thing we're gonna do is sleepers. These are guys who are not prototypical they're not guys you can bank on having success but guys we think at their current adp or their current trade value have what it takes to do something for your starting lineup i'm gonna get us started uh this is a guy was super high on last year and i'm gonna continue to be high on him jalen guyton i think has a lot to him he had a quiet ass 2019 year only playing three games and having two targets, no receptions, no yards. 2020 blows up. He starts in nine games, 28 receptions on 511 yards and three tutties. He looks promising. He is young. He's 23. He has so much room ahead of him. And towards the end of the season, when Keenan Allen was hurt, Herbert was really targeting him and was really looking his way a lot. I think it's been proven Mike Williams is not it. He can't really do the whole wide receiver receiver two shtick. He's a really good deep threat, big body wide receiver, but he's very one-dimensional in the role he plays. I think Guyton brings a slot presence that is do, dearly needed in San Diego. or not? They're not in San Diego, LA. And I really think that Guyton will blow up alongside Herbert. Yeah, just quiet acceptance of that is the truth. Well, I was going to let Derek go first, but I'll talk. I, I mean, I like Guyton, don't get me wrong. I, My one thing is, yeah, he's a sleeper. He falls on that, but he is getting a little uh, 
hyped up. And I guess I know a few people who do like him. So I don't mind buying into him, but I would probably be more patient with him till the draft. I want to see what the Chargers do, because if they bring in another big wide receiver and then, you know, you have all these other, uh, you got Mike Williams to fight with too. And, you know, it just becomes a little complicated of a situation, but I think there's room there. Um, I think he was a little one-dimensional. He basically just took the top off of defenses for the most part. Uh, so I'd like to see his route running expand and his tree expand more than anything else. But again, I'm holding off until the draft because I want to see what the Chargers do. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Justin Herbert can definitely support two wide receivers so he has potential to be a great flex option for an entire season but i do have to wait for the draft for me to be buying him because i i do think that the Chargers will be actively looking for a weapon they got rid of hunter henry they they're looking for something yeah and i whether that's I don't know if the, I don't know if anybody outside of Pitts is really worth taking in the first round at tight end. So that's the other thing. They might go wide receiver first round, tight end second round, and really go after weapons for I, Justin Herbert in this draft. I can't imagine the Chargers go uh, uh, anything but offensive line in the first round. I really think they trade up. That's for, true. I think they trade up for Slater. I think they they'll trade up for Slater if he doesn't fall to them. Um, I. I agree, but I think this this draft class is so deep that they can get a second round or third round wide receiver that's better than Guyton. Yeah, probably, and I'm not saying they could. I think Amon St. Brown, Amon yep. Ross St. Brown, would That'd be a, be a tremendous addition to that. Team. Elijah Moore, who I talk about later on the show, like there's there a bunch of them. Honestly, I know, I know. I'm just saying right now, <laughs> in the position the team is in. Okay, I let know, me, I know. Let me put six asterisks beside Jalen Guyton's name, if. The team doesn't draft a wide receiver better than him. If he is healthy, if Mike Williams falls apart, if Justin Herbert targets him, there we go, okay? Four asterisks right there. Okay, (laughs) Kyle, who's your first sleeper? Well, I don't know why I even do this to myself, but I like Nikhil Harry this year. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Like, I'm saying it. Like, I... Hold on. I can explain this. Uh, There's logic to this. It's not just retarded. I know. Hear me out. Seriously. Um, So look at Corey Davis as my first example of somebody who came on late in his career. Davis did have a good year last year. I'm pretty sure he played mainly wide receiver three with some wide receiver two games, uh, you know, uh, spot in there. So he could be a a solid flex option. Another year with Cam Newton is obviously beneficial to Nikhil Harry. And then also you have to keep in mind, you know, He's still only 23 years old. He had an injured first season. His second season was weird. The Patriots were horrible, and he was one of the few weapons on the team. And my whole thing is this. I don't know if it's a for sure thing, but the fact that you can get a guy who was going in the first round, top five pick in every draft two years ago for basically a flyer pick in a startup draft, that seems like a no-brainer to me. Yeah, I don't hate Nikhil Harry. I'm sure Boz has a diff- like a bigger opinion on him than I do. Um, I think the whole Corey Davis thing is a little hard to compare because even Davis, when he wasn't playing to his number three pick potential, was still putting up, uh, I think he did like 800 the first season, 700 the second season, and 900 the third season, you know? So like his track record kind of is a little different. I think he had an injured season thrown in there as well. I'm, I'm missing a season, I know. But I I like Nikhil Harry only because until the Patriots draft a wide receiver, which will probably be Jalen Waddell, there is no wide receiver one on that team. And it 
could be him. It could be Jacoby Myers. It could be Damian Bird. It could be Kendrick Bourne. It could be fucking uh, no hands Nelson Aguilar. We, we just <laughs> honestly don't know. Yeah. Um. So the Corey Davis comparison for every like Corey Davis, there's there's a Corey Coleman and a Laquan Treadwell. Like they, the guys that don't produce, it's it's tough for them to bounce back from that. Um, I loved and kill Harry as a prospect, but at this point, I'm out. I do. Oh no. Okay, well, for all of our listeners, Boz just cut out there. Yeah, uh, just again. Uh, he's getting a little face palm. He's getting a little face palm, and it's okay. Oh. Uh, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Boz, finish up what you're going to say. We're just going to leave it in for everybody. <laughs> it's okay. So, Boz, give us a spark notes of what you were just trying to say there. Real quick, real quick, dodge odd notes. He's quiet again. He's not talking. Oh no. Boz, give us a God dot jot give us dot jots of what you were trying to say really quick about Corey Coleman and all those guys. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> this guy is a Debbie expert, an engineering student, and can't figure out how to get his freaking Wi-Fi working for 20 straight minutes. <laughs> Okay, well, anyways, it. <sighs> I think what Boz was trying to say is that Nikhil Harry is decent at the ADP that he's at right now, yes. but that he's not buying him if he doesn't already have him. I think that's what Boz was trying to say, in a nutshell. And he lines up more with, like, a Corey Coleman than he does with a Corey Davis. Did I get that? Spot on. Thank okay. you. All right, <laughs> perfect. Okay, all right, well... You know what? Let's keep going. Break it. You know, we're just going to keep uh, breaking eggs as we go. So my next sleeper, this one's an interesting one because this guy really hasn't done anything since being in the league. And I think there was a lot of hype about him because he was taken over uh, DK Metcalf. But I really like McCole Hardman to have a good year. I'm not saying it's going to be an above 1,000 yard season, but I really like him to have a good, solid year year sammy watkins is gone robinson is not it as a wide receiver too so there will be more targets more receptions to go around mccall hardman is a speedy little fuck right he will benefit from the lack of sammy watkins he will look to hopefully expand his route tree and with less sammy means more probably fast pace down the field bombs coming out of Mahomes and this offense because now they're not going to have the big physical wide receivers sitting in the middle to catch those balls. So I expect McCall Hardman not to have like a crazy breakout thousand yard season year, but like I don't think 750 to 800 yards and five touchdowns is out of the question. I agree. I think he gets he gets to those numbers, but the thing is, I don't know if he's going to be consistent with it because he's one of those guys that will have a big game here and there and then also have the same amount of zero point and two point games. 
Yeah, and I don't personally like those guys. Also, I want to throw in a note. You did skip Boz there, but we were giving him a second to, you know, fix his Wi-Fi. So hopefully he's good on his first guy. Uh, but I oh, want to say I? this. <laughs> yeah, it's no big deal. Uh, I want to say this. The Chiefs try to sign Juju. I wouldn't be shocked if they go after a wide receiver in the draft. That's the one thing I will say. And for some reason, Juju thought signing with the Steelers instead of playing with Patrick Mahomes was a good idea because, you know, obviously fuck me and all my Juju shares because, like, seriously, why would he go somewhere that could have been good for him? <laughs> Look, the whole reason I talk about McCall Hardman as a sleeper is right now, sleeper has him ranked as their 50 is he's ranked as the wide receiver 50 and Marquise Brown is ranked as the wide receiver 35. Mm. I think McCall Hardman has the exact same skill set and just a better quarterback than what Marquise Brown has. If you're going to draft Marquise Brown that high, you might as well draft McCall Hardman as well that high. You know, that's just my opinion on it. Uh, and like, I think McCall Hardman could do great things, but at the same time, Boz makes a good point. It's consistency. If he's not consistently getting the ball, consistently making catches, not making, you know, uh, mistakes, it could play into that. Uh, Boz, since we skipped you, hit us with your sleeper. Go real quick. Let's hope this yeah, I'm gonna, better. I'm going to be going with um, Anthony Ferkser. And in one in the one game this year that Ferkser outsnapped Johnny Smith, he, uh, he dropped eight receptions, uh, 113 yards, and a touchdown. He didn't play more than 50% of the snaps in any game last year. And he will be the starter this year with the departure. And, yeah, with the departure of Jonu Smith. And also, they also got rid of um, Corey Davis. So I think the tight end uh, volume in that offense will increase and Ferkser is basically free right now, and I think he's a lock to be a top 12 tight end. Yeah, I like him a lot. What worries me about him is that I could honestly see the tight, uh, yeah, the Titans going out and drafting uh, Pat Fryermuth. I really think he looks, or Jordan Brevin, Brevin, Brevin Jordan. God fucking damn it. Um, I or drafting Brevin Jordan in the second round to like to round out their tight end room. And I think if they do that, chances are he's not going to get as many targets as people would be planning. But right now his ADP is so freaking low and he is the only tight end option on that team. And what they did with Janu, making him a top 12 tight end in fantasy, I think he could do it easily as long as they do not draft a tight end. Yeah, I, I, don't hate that take. I don't really have a problem with it. <clears throat> and honestly, I think it's a safe take because the Titans have way too many holes headed into this draft that I don't see them taking a tight end as their top priority. In my opinion, they'll probably go corner in the first round, maybe deep. Jackson and I still don't understand why they did that and so I think they have too many holes on their roster I think the Titans the Titans might be one of the teams that takes a massive slip this year and falls out of contention and out of the playoffs because they are in trouble yeah easily Derrick Henry not it fuck Derrick Henry uh, <laughs> Boz while we got you hit us with your let's just go back to back with you hit us with your second sleeper right now go yeah, my number two sleeper would be Miles Gaskin. Uh, Miami has three glaring needs right now. One of them is wide receiver. The other is offensive tackle, and they do need an edge rusher. So trading up in the draft makes me 
almost 100% sure they're going to be taking Jamar Chase with that pick. And with their second pick at 18, I think they're going to be targeting a tackle. And they do have two second rounders at picks 36 and 50. However, I think they're going to address the defense with both these picks. I think they know what they have with Gaskin, and they're fine with keeping that next year. And right now, Gaskin's value is a backup running back. So right now is the time to buy Gaskin. And with what he did last year, I think you can. it's pretty safe to say if he is the starter, he's going to be a high-end RB2. See, I, I can't get around Gaskin. I just can't do it for the life of me. He came clutch last season when you needed him down the stretch. Uh, but, like, he doesn't show me anything that makes me say I want to, like, go out and buy this guy. Like, he doesn't flash something that gives gets me hard, you know? I don't get hot and heavy when I look at his tape. And so I just, like, can't get my head around it. But I also can't make an argument to why you're wrong. For me, it's just the lack of flashes, the lack of, like, look at this guy go. I see a lot of, like, a Jordan Howard career ahead of this guy. If, if it's just him next season, he might have a baller season, but I don't think it'll be anything greater than that, you know? I yeah. Just, I, I, I mean, I kind of agree with both of you a little bit. Like, I got a, already a lot of Gaskins because I got him for nothing off the waiver wire last year and uh, in pre-drafts and startups and stuff like that. So I'm probably holding all my shares right now just to see what happens. And what I'd really love to happen – they don't draft a running back because they know they can take one in next year's draft, right? And running backs are a dime a dozen these days. Yeah. They let Gaskin have a crazy year at the trade deadline. Any league where you're not competing in, dump Gaskin for a first-round pick or, you know what I mean, a high-end second or something like that. Get what you can for the guy because this time next year, he might be irrelevant. But this year, I think he's, I think he's destined to have a good year. Yeah, I agree. Okay. All right. So it seems like we know we've got everybody kind of like a mixed like consensus on it. Uh, so Kyle, lastly, hit us up. Your sleeper. Go. Yeah. Uh, I guess we were, we're doing a lot of wide receivers. I'm going to talk about one of my favorite wide receivers from last year's draft. Maybe I just have horrible takes at wide receivers. So don't listen to anything I say. Uh, I really like Jalen Ragor. He was one of my favorite wide receivers <laughs> in college. I, I thought he was a stud and I just thought, you know, obviously he had a bad quarterback situation in college and I, you know, Let's just be honest, man. I'm giving everybody on the Eagles a pass last year. Everybody on that roster deserves a pass. Nothing, nothing counts on their resume. Nothing counts on their career. I'm giving Miles Sanders a pass. I'm giving Carson Wentz a pass. I'm giving, you know, all these other players a pass. Why not give Jalen Rager a pass? Who was a rookie and had an injury-prone first year and really wasn't on the field a lot and then had to deal with two different quarterbacks and still, you know, ended up putting, you know, 400 yards up on 31 catches. I mean, those aren't horrible numbers in the dysfunction of the Eagles in 11 games played. Like, I mean, it's 40 yards a game. It's really not that bad in considering the situations and how little they had as far as passing yards. Anyways, I think he's a perfect buy right now because he's very cheap. And the fact that he was going before Justin Jefferson in last year's draft, and now you can get him in like the 15th round of startups while Justin Jefferson's going top 12. I mean, come on. Like that's like, that's, I love that value. So it's another bang for your buck. You know, I am, I'm over the Jalen Rager hype. If I gotta it's be honest, a season, with you. man, what? I, it's, it's over. It's over. I think he kind of like, 
the thing about Philly wide receivers is, is that they're so hit or miss. And as long as they're in Philadelphia, they will always be hit or miss. Rager in another system on another team could be something completely different. But I didn't see anything from him that makes me say this guy is the wide receiver one. And think about it like this. This team doesn't have a wide receiver one. So a guy like Jalen Rager has to line up as the wide receiver one. No choice. And he doesn't. It's with the same with Jerry Judy. I didn't see the intangibles that make me look at the guy and say he could lead the wide receiving core. And because Philly doesn't have a wide receiver in front of him, and it, I don't think they're going to draft one, I just really think that, like, his ceiling is capped and it will be capped until they allow him to grow as a wide receiver too. If they try to make him grow as a wide receiver one, he will fail. They need to allow him to grow as a wide receiver two. And right now the plan does not look like that. Yeah, I, I agree with Kyle that I'm willing to give most of those Eagles players a pass because that team was a mess last year. However, um, I do not trust Jalen Hurts at all to support a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. So I am, I think Jalen Ray. All right. Well, Boz cut out again. Um, he'll be back soon. But I, I think he was, I think what he was trying to get at was that Jalen Rager just like, um, Jalen Rager gets a pass, but that Jalen Hurts can't really support what a wide like support a wide receiver one. Don't worry, Boz. I took the spark notes again from what you were saying. You cut out a little bit. Um, but I think what Boz is trying to say is you've got a guy like Jalen Rager. He's you give him a pass because every Eagles wide receiver deserves a pass from last season in your guy's mind. But can Jalen Hurts support a wide receiver one? kind of like the same way we question if Lamar Jackson can. All really Jalen Hurts is on paper is Lamar Jackson with a bit of better decision-making and a little bit better accuracy down the field. I think that's what Boz was trying to say. I don't know. I'm speaking for the kid at this point. <laughs> He's scared to talk. He's scared <laughs> to talk. <laughs> I don't think Hurts can support Jalen Rager – I don't think he can support a real like wide receiver one and Jalen Rager, what he has shown is not good. So I think his value is about where it should be. Okay. All right. There we go. Okay. So yes, Kyle makes a decent point. Jalen Rager is being taken insanely late in drafts for a guy in rookie drafts was going in late first round picks over the likes of Justin Jefferson and Brandon Ayuk. Yes. However, in my opinion, I just can't get behind it if he has to be the wide receiver one for Philly. I just, I can't. And it's nothing to do with him or his talent. It is purely the team and the system. And I don't trust the new Philly head coach because if you can't figure out who your fucking starting quarterback is going to be at your press conference or can't <laughs> say anything intelligent about it, you probably aren't going to have much success going forward. Kind of like a Ben McAdoo situation. You remember yeah. him? The guy who was like a jack of all trades, had a bunch of odd jobs, and then somehow became an NFL head coach for a season. What a story. But 
anyways, so that will sum it up for our sleepers section. When we come back, we're going to play a little game. I don't want to spoil anything right now, but as long as Boz's Wi-Fi is up to par, this should be his ballpark. So make sure you stick around. All right, and welcome back. We are here and doing a fun little game with you. So how this is going to work. We're going to take turns talking about a rookie or a prospect in the upcoming draft. We are going to talk about why we like that rookie. And then we are going to discuss the team that should A, be targeting to draft them, B, where this player should want to end up, or C, both. So I'm going to get us started. Uh, and the first player I'm going to talk about, high-profile player, but no real understanding if he's going to go in the late first or the early second, and that's Najee Harris. I really like Najee Harris. You cannot make the argument that b- besides Travis Etienne, he is the RB2 in this draft. He is the only guy besides Travis Etienne who will be a day-one starter in the league. His He's always made improvements since he entered the NCAA in 2017. And in 2020, completely took off with 1,400 yards, 26 touchdowns, and catching 43 43 receptions for 425 yards and an additional four receiving touchdowns. You don't see a guy like Najee Harris who can run with his head down, but also catch a ball and take it to the house Every day. This guy is a different breed, a different talent. I look at a guy like Travis Etienne as a patient running back, like a Le'Veon Bell. He'll sit behind the line, wait for his hole, make the cuts he has to. Najee Harris will bull rush right through, but will also make a catch in the backfield. That's why I like him. Now, I don't see Najee going in the first. The team I really hope he lands on, and I think the team that should be targeting him is the San Francisco 49ers. I think he would be a perfect fit in the 49ers offense. They do not, in the moment, have a running back one. Every time they try trading for one or signing one in free agency, whether that's, you know, uh, Raheem Mostert signing him as an undrafted free agent. They also, they also signed uh, Jarek McKinnon. They signed Tevin Coleman. None of them have panned out, but I think Najee Harris is exactly what they need, especially if what I think is right and they go after Mac Jones, pairing Mac Jones with Najee Harris would line both up for the best success possible. San Francisco hasn't had a running back one in years since Frank Gore. I think this is the perfect opportunity. He will take off. He will do well. Najee Harris to the 49ers. Okay, I think Boz is trying to speak. Boz, are you there? No, yeah, I'm here. Um, I, I would love that spot, actually. Um, the 49ers is, like, the top spot for a running back right now. I think that's pretty clear. And if Najee Harris is there, he comps really well to Frank Gore's play style, so he could be the second coming. 
Yeah, I don't hate the landing spot either. I don't know if the Niners will take a running back, though. I think they have other holes to address personally. I don't think Shanahan really fucking cares about having a running back at all. I think he could just put whoever, and he's shown that they can have success. Even all these fucking bumps he takes off the streets that somehow Luke falls in love with every year. <laughs> uh, he takes all of them and makes them good, but the guys he actually gives money to and spends actual capital on, are they always suck. So why would he take a running back early? He can get one in the seventh round who's going to end up being good most likely um i i think Najee's a stud i just i don't think he's going to the niners personally well look my second like this is further from this obviously i'm talking Najee, but if i'm if we're saying the 49ers aren't going to spend a higher pick on a running back i think chubba hubbard in like the fourth would also be a good landing spot or kennedy brooks in the fourth would be a good landing spot and a good running back for that team but okay that's my first guy Boz, this was your game idea. Hit us with your first first player. Yeah, so I'll be talking about Talon Wallace. Um, Wallace played all four years at Oklahoma State, and he was out with an ACL injury his junior year, but he blew up as a sophomore and a senior, going for 1,500 yards as a sophomore. Uh, he's a bit undersized, especially when you consider he doesn't have that elite speed that most wide receivers under six feet possess. He's 5'11", 193. However, he's such a skilled wide receiver. He routinely faced and beat double coverage at Oklahoma State. He's a 50-50 ball monster, and he can separate because he has great technique on his routes. He'll be a day one producer in the NFL, and I think uh, he'll be best as a second option for a team. My ideal landing spots for him would be either Green Bay at pick 62 or Washington at pick 51 because Green Bay is a mess after Devontae Adams. And I think he would be a great compliment playing opposite to him. And uh, he would get early playing time in both situations because the Redskins, if they could get production from Cam Sims, then Tylen Wallace would be just a fantasy stud there. Yeah, I really like Green Bay as a landing spot because I don't think Green Bay has a wide receiver three kind of lined up. And even Alan Lazard is borderline wide receiver two on that team. Like he might not even qualify for that wide receiver two talent. But the reason why I like your pick and I like the destinations is if a player plays for Mike Gundy in college, chances are they're going to have a big set of old balls as they get into the NFL. I like Mike Gundy a lot. I'll take any player who played in his system. I'm to it with it to the moon. Yeah. I mean, I think the way that you guys talked about the Niners being a, you know, a dream scenario for a running back, that's what green Bay is. That is for a wide receiver. Uh, Like that is just, primo man that's where every wide receiver should be dreaming to land it's the spot where they can come in and immediately have a crazy season like justin jefferson did that last season or uh even cd lamb obviously before Dak prescott went down like just something where a wide receiver can make an immediate impact i don't really care who it is whoever goes to green bay i'm taking and that's the truth honestly and i think landing spot's a big thing i think whoever they take i want whoever gets drafted to green bay where are you taking them on your first date like it, de- the it depends. Are they? Do they spend a first round pick on a wide receiver, or do they spend a second round pick on a wide receiver? Well, it's Green Bay, so it's probably going to be a second round pick. 
So I probably wouldn't even talk them, touch, uh, touch them in the first eight, most likely just with, I mean, all my leagues are, are super flexed, right? At least most of them anyways. So you have to have the five quarterbacks go at the very least in the first eight. And then, you know, Najee will go, Edney will go, Jamar Chase will go, Moore will go before him as well. Um, I mean, if they're taking somebody in the second round, I wouldn't touch them till the end of the first round, kind of like a Jalen Rager situation or maybe early second. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. Landing spot number two. We've got tire. We got Wallace. Can't speak English right now. We have Wallace to either Green Bay or to what was your second pick, Boz? Washington. I really like Washington as a spot for wide receiver too. Honestly, I think Curtis Samuel is going to run away with the wide receiver two spot. I don't even think it'll be fair. I think he's going to have a baller like gadget player year beside Terry McLaurin. So. But all right, Kyle, who is your first rookie you would like to speak about? I have a feeling it's a guy from the New York State. Yeah, it's funny. I always talk about Buffalo, even when they're not even the team. It's the funniest (laughs) thing ever. Um, My first guy I'm talking about is Jarrett Patterson. Um, You might think that name sounds familiar because he's that kid who had that 300 and something yard game uh what was it last season because he's yeah he's that kid uh this year he had a great season uh with buffalo uh in six games he put up a thousand yards and 19 touchdowns which is just the most absurd thing in the world i understand it's not you know it's the mac and it's not as competitive but at the same time this is a really tough runner and the nfl took notice he had a really good combine as well like i just I think personally, if he can land somewhere where maybe he doesn't have to be the one necessarily, I like him more as a thunder to teams lightning, which was something I wrote down where he can kind of be a yin to, you know, another team's yang. I think he'd be really good because my only real con with him is I don't think he's that creative when he gets the ball. He, he lacks a second move. He's very much a head down, you know, through the line type of runner. Uh, but at the same notion, I think he could be a good fit in a lot of places. And actually, I think he's stays in buffalo i think buffalo can get him later in the in the draft and i think he makes sense he can go well with zach moss or if they want to play singletary again for whatever fucking reason he would work with him i guess as well too i think also a sleeper pick would be the new orleans saints later in the draft i think camara has shown that he's is better when he has somebody working directly with him. Uh, I think another team that really works for him as well is Miami. I think he, maybe they could get him later in the draft and he could work well with Gaskin as a one-two combo. Yeah. So I like uh, Patterson a lot. Not shocked. You said he stays in Buffalo. Honestly, I was <laughs> half expecting it once you started talking about it. Um, I don't hate that one. It makes more sense to me. The New Orleans one, I can't really wrap my head around because they have so many holes to fill. And I think Patterson really is going to be a round two or three pick in the NFL draft. So I can't see them spending that early of a pick on him when they probably need an edge rusher. They could probably use another D tackle. Now that Rankins is gone, they could use a linebacker. They yeah. could use a corner. Like it is crazy how much that team needs. Um, but I really like him to Buffalo. I think it makes sense. Um, unless Buffalo was willing to spend a first round pick on Travis Etienne, I think Patterson kind of fits. He's been posting a lot of videos of his footwork, especially during the offseason. It's looked phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. He's a big, he's a big, he's a big fucker. He's a big yeah. fucker. And he runs like a tiny guy. He runs like a Tariq Cohen. 
but he's a big motherfucker. So I, I like him to Buffalo. I, I totally agree with the Buffalo take. Yeah, I I am not as high on Jared Patterson as most, but I do think like he has that he has the size and he has that wiggle. So I I like him as a runner, but I don't think he's gonna be utilized in the pass game at all. So I do I agree that he's gonna have to be like a second option on a team. Yeah. Um I I like Buffalo. I think I think Moss and Singletary are like the level of play that Patterson's gonna be on. So I don't really see why they would take him though, you know. Because you me... said it's just not an upgrade. It's just yeah, yeah it's one. it's just like another one of them. Like they, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to really pay a running back or actually finally. Yeah. This is this is getting absurd at this point. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, Boz. You're not high on Patterson. Were you high on AJ Dillon coming out of last year's draft? Somewhat. Um, Wait, were you high on AJ Dillon just a few weeks ago? <laughs> yes, very. <laughs> so here's my question for you. I would make the argument that AJ Dillon and Jared Patterson share a lot of the same traits when it comes to a running back. If you're high on Dillon but not high on Patterson, and they, you know, they seem they have kind of the same skill set to them, you know, wouldn't you just say then that like they're like you you can't be high on Dillon then too? No, I I don't think that um Patterson possesses like the force that AJ Dillon would just he when he goes downhill and when he sees a crease. Dylan is going to get five yards, no matter who's in front of him. And I don't think Patterson has that. I think Patterson has better footwork and he's quicker. But with, yeah, I think AJ Dylan in a zone scheme is going to produce a lot better than Jared Patterson would in a zone scheme. Okay. All right. Fair. Well, it's a shame because we'll probably never find out what yeah. is in the NFL because Green Bay has decided, hey, we'll just we'll draft two positions and then keep them around long term and never see what they do. We don't yeah. we don't even know what Jordan Love is capable of. He could still be good, man. He's somebody who yeah. you could probably get really cheap in super flex drafts as well. I know we didn't talk about him as a sleeper, but like, yeah, he, he's I, not. He's never gonna touch the field. They're gonna have to. <laughs> it's just like it, it's a fact. It's either they pay. Rogers or Rogers goes post Jeopardy. So I mean, let's yeah, I heard he like actually wants to like do that full time or he something. Like he, that. Said, <laughs> he said that he could easily be a starting NFL quarterback and the full time host of Jeopardy and do both. So and lose every NFC ch- conference championship well, that's, too, that, while that, he's that, at it. Well, that's how that's how he would be able to fit into his schedule. He'd be ending so early. Yeah, he'd he'd probably have more fun hosting Jeopardy than playing for the Packers, who continuously <laughs> draft backups. all right well so we've got kyle with patterson to either buffalo or to new orleans so let's move on game continues game rolls on my next guy is a guy that boz is not high on whatsoever um (laughs) continuously mention it every time i bring up his name but kyle trask look i'm just gonna point this out up until like the last game or two in this in the season he was a front runner for the Heisman. You can't deny it. His stats are eye-catching, regardless if he's playing in a in with a weird system with pits or not. 4,283 yards, 43 touchdowns to eight interceptions, 301 completions for a percentage of 68.9. He looked really well. And he was playing in arguably the hardest division in football, in college football, in the SEC. 
Look, I understand he won't be a day one quarterback. He definitely won't be. But he's a raw prospect with the potential to actually do something in this league. Uh, think of it like a, a Drew Brees situation. You know, they actually like are, are similar in a lot of ways in their play style. But look, he's a raw prospect. He won't be day one. But I think he'll be the first quarterback taken in day two. I think my favorite landing spots for him, Boz is going to hate the first one, but I think the Patriots are an easy no-brainer first landing spot for him. <laughs> because, look, I'm just saying, he could do it. And I think Belichick is going to fall in love with him. Uh, secondly, secondly, I believe that uh, the next team that would be targeting him is the New Orleans Saints. Like I said, he shares some characteristics to Drew Brees. I don't think Taysom Hill is the future. I definitely don't think Jameis Winston is the future. And it would allow Trask to come in as the QB3 for like a season or two, learn from guys who have been in the league forever, and continue to grow. Though I think Trask, first quarterback taken in day two, New England, New Orleans. I hate Trask, but... The Saints would be the best spot for him because he does comp he does comp well to Drew Brees, but I don't think that the way that the NFL is going, I don't think we're gonna see any Drew Brees type players uh in the near future because everyone wants a mobile quarterback now. And I also think that the Patriots, the way that Bill Belichick has been uh shaping up his offense, I think he wants a mobile quarterback. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think I think Belichick is using Cam Newton right now as a as a tr like a test subject almost, right? Like he's yeah, never, I agree. Never, he's never utilized a running quarterback before, right? If he murders Cam Newton, who fucking cares, right? He's already done with his career. Patriots need a few years to rebuild, right? So they can they can run all these tests with Cam Newton because he doesn't know how to utilize a running quarterback and hopefully in a few seasons when they can take a swing at somebody. Cause I don't think they go quarterback in this draft. I actually think Trask goes to the Steelers. I think that makes sense. Cause I don't think they take a quarterback in the first round, but I think they make sense as a day two fit. Uh, then they can kind of have him and uh, Haskins kind of fight it out together when big Ben obviously dies or whatever, like from a heart <laughs> attack. Uh, Cause you know, it's coming soon. Uh, obviously with his, I'm sure his arteries are clogged to shit, man. I can't imagine <laughs> all right all right well that's it second pick for me kyle trask to either new england or new Orleans. who you got as your second guy okay so boz's system is not working right now so let's play some elevator music here i'll just jump into my second guy we'll make it we'll make it fine we'll make it fine we got we'll this. make it fine don't yeah. worry we still love you. We're we're, we're working progress, but Just that's why you guys love us. Stop being cheap and get real Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. All right. So my second guy, uh, I love Elijah Moore. I already mentioned it on the show earlier. Um, he's got good size, 5'9", 185. I know that's not massive for a wide receiver, but I think he's going to make it work because he's so good at those jump balls. That's all he really did last season. Uh, I, I think he really, you know, went under the radar for his first two years in the, you know, 
the, at Old Miss. And then, you know, obviously in 2020 season, he had a great year in just eight games, putting up 1,200 yards, 86 catches, and eight touchdowns. I mean, that's just fantastic numbers. Uh, you can't really ask for more. He also just had a crazy freaking 40-yard uh, dash time at 4.32, man, which is just absurd. I mean, that's awesome speed. You can't really ask for more. His route running is absurd. I've heard multiple people compare him to Antonio Brown as far as his route running goes. Uh, he's got obviously great wheels. I think obviously the size is a little concerning uh, and linebackers did give him some issues over his career, but that's really my only cause with him. I think there's a lot of spots that could use Elijah Moore. And the one thing I will say before I pick my team, Ole Miss has been producing some stud wide receivers these last few seasons. And that's another reason why I really like him. Just look at DK Metcalf and AJ Brown Brown two years ago. So I just think maybe Ole Miss might become a wide receiver factory, especially if Elijah Moore cooks. Uh, Miami makes sense to me. Maybe they take another wide receiver after they take Jason uh, Chase in the first round. I think the Raiders make sense as well. And I could even see Minnesota taking him maybe later in the draft to give uh, Justin Jefferson a number two. Yeah, I haven't really been following more much. I, I He has looked really, really good in the tape that I have watched of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like those landing spots. Those are both wide receiver needy teams. Um, I do know that Elijah Moore, while size is an issue, is easily one of the fastest guys and one of the most explosive guys off the line that we have that are at wide receiver in this draft. So I like it. I've got no complaints. Yeah, I think both of the Moore brothers, <laughs> Rondell Moore <laughs> and Elijah Moore, are going to be slot weapons and they're going to get a lot of manufactured touches because they are just running back. They're like Tyreek Cohen with the ball in their hands. They can make anyone miss. All right. Yeah. Well, I really want to see him go somewhere where they maybe have an established one already. I think I think Minnesota would be an awesome spot for him. He could eat up in the middle and just like kind of be the yin to Justin Jefferson's yang. You know what I mean? I fuck with it. I fuck with it. All right, boss. Last pick. Who you got, my man? <laughs> I'm going to go with Michael Carter. He's my RB6 in this week class, and I think he'll make a pretty solid career in a Naeem Hines-type role. His pro day, he weighed in at 201 pounds, which is slightly undersized, but um, for the role that he's pl- going to be playing in the NFL, that's that's a fine size because he's going to be that guy that's coming out of the backfield and just catching a bunch of balls. He's not going to be in every down back. His footwork is phenomenal. He's a great pass catcher, and I would love to see him in Atlanta, who, where he could be the pass catching uh, back alongside Mike Davis, or even the Patriots, where he could be the next James White. Okay. Well, I don't hate those picks. Um, see, my issue is this. I was really high on Michael Carter-Williams, the basketball player, when he came out of college. Oh, God. He had an insane rookie season and disappeared off the fucking map. So purely based off of name alone, Michael Carter scares me, okay? It's like it's like you know when like you 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 have this crazy ex and then you meet somebody with the same fucking name and you're like, "Holy crap." Like um that's it for me. So it's crazy ex syndrome with Michael Carter. However, the talent is there. I just don't know if he slides into a running back slot if he's going to play at 200 pounds. He could get – a gust of wind is going to murder the kid, you know? It's the same thing with Devontae Smith trying to play wide receiver at 170 pounds. For me, just doesn't make sense. 
Um, you know, I don't get the tingle in my titties with Michael Carter um, that I do with Naeem Hines. But you know what? I would love to be proven wrong and finally, truly fall in love with a Michael Carter. Well, I, I, got, a, I got a stat for you here. Um, Michael Carter's pro day shuttle time would have been the second in last year's whole combine out of everyone in the combine. I'm not, I'm not taking any of these combine numbers to heart. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. Everyone's running four fours. Yeah, the combine's rigged. a little sketchy. I mean, I will say this about Michael Carter. This is just my personal preference. I don't like drafting running backs who I think are going to be number twos their whole career. That's my per- personal preference. If I'm taking a running back, I want him to be the workhorse, and that's what I go after. I understand maybe you need some you know, late-round flyers like a Naeem Hines. I do want to mention one other thing, though, just because you brought him up, and I think we probably should have talked about him. Mike Davis is a serious sleeper this season. Atlanta cannot take a running back. They can't. They have way too many holes, and Todd Gurley was not good last year man like he was a problem like i mean like like mike davis did a lot of work last year on carolina dude he could have a really good season for you this year yeah honestly i like mike davis a lot uh todd Gurley isn't even with the falcons anymore so i don't even uh, know if, is he even in the nfl anymore he's like a, I, he's, he's probably he's probably uh slaying up resting his knee right now <laughs> see we, we have this buddy i don't even know if he listens to the podcast ej and EJ texts me and he goes, hey, man, I'm thinking of taking Todd Gurley in the 10th round. I text back to EJ and I go, look, man, I don't even think Todd Gurley has a fucking team. But go ahead if you want to. Oh, man. That's just, but that's the point we've gotten to with Todd Gurley. Three years ago, you would have taken Todd Gurley in the first round of your startup. And now Todd Gurley can't even find a fucking NFL team that wants to sign him to the practice squad. That's quickest, crazy. quickest prime of all time. Yeah, well, and I will say this too. Maybe this is this is a good lesson too, just as a side subject too. Just be careful with running backs, man. Like, like sell Henry. Like, seriously, yeah. guys. Like, this is it. Like, I know you got one extra year out of him that I wasn't expecting, that I don't think a lot of people were. And he put up 2,000 yards last year, but dump him. This is it. This is your last chance to dump him. Look, the wide receivers to sell as of right now. If you haven't already, already, Henry Carson Hunt, sell, sell, sell. And I would actually, I would even argue Nick Chubb just because Hunt's there. And if they keep him around long term, I love Nick Chubb. Trust me. I've said it multiple times. I think he's maybe the best runner. We we know Uh, you get Chubb for Chubb. uh, I'm just saying, I just, I think by the time he signs another contract and if the Browns keep him around, like they seem like they're committed to do, I just think he's always going to have that thorn in his side with Kareem Hunt. And I just, I don't know if I really want that anymore at this point. Yeah, I can understand that. I can understand that. Even it, though it breaks, it breaks my heart to say that, honestly. Do I you just, have, do, do you get a half chub when you talk about chub being a bust potentially? I do. Honestly, he, before, before uh, Kareem Hunt signed there, I like, he was an RB one in my opinion, but now I just, I just think his ceiling is capped at RB two production with RB1 games thrown in the mix. He's not going to ever not put up RB1 numbers, and that's not what I'm saying. He might be a, uh, you know, uh, on the lower end of RB1 this season, but I just think the RB2 stuff is coming, and 
uh, I just there's a lot of mouths to feed in Cleveland, man. We've been yeah. over it. Yeah, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. If you've ever watched the episode of South Park where Randy has to take the biggest crap in the world, and Bono <laughs> turns out to be just a human-sized crap and never wants to be a number two because he's always been number two in his life, that is Kyle in a nutshell when it comes to drafting a running back. You know. Yeah. That um, sounds about right. I rather, I just personally, I rather give me Christian McCaffrey, give me Dalvin Cook. I don't give a shit if I got to trade up for them. I want them over. Give me Jonathan Taylor. I don't care. Like, yeah. But you know what? I think talking about crap is a good point to wrap up the episode. Thank you, boys, for coming and doing this with me today. If you don't already, make sure you follow us at Dynasty Kings Pod on all social platforms. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok youtube you name it we're on it uh make sure you like subscribe download share it with your friends share it with your grandma with alzheimer's so she keeps re-listening to the episode um and you know thank you guys for tuning in and we will catch you next time